Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd. I'm Dina Marie Hale, your host, and with me in studio is Archbishop Alexander Sample. And as we approach the month of October and Respect Life Month, it's a wonderful opportunity for us to continue to reflect on the dignity and the sanctity of human life, what the church teaches, and how we live this out every day with joy is to build a culture of life. And as we begin with that, Archbishop, please open us in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, you are the source of all goodness and every blessing under heaven. Father, you are the author of the gift of life. Each and every one of us comes forth from your creative hand. Each and every one of us is willed by you, intended by you, loved and redeemed by you. Father, we ask you to help us as a culture, as a country, appreciate once again the profound dignity of each and every life that comes into this world. And Father, we ask you to help us to protect and defend life in all of its forms, and especially its most vulnerable forms, and to also be of loving concern for those who find life burdensome and who find themselves in difficult and unplanned and, yes, maybe even unwanted pregnancies, Lord. We ask you to help us minister in love and mercy and kindness and support for them. All these things we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Holy Mary, our hope, seat of wisdom, mother of all life. Pray for us. St. Joseph. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We just began the a wonderful campaign, and it just is an amazing campaign. I haven't seen a, for, a, a campaign like this before, 40 Days for Life. And I remember when it started, the few people in our Portland Archdiocese and up in Southwest Washington who heard about it and wanted to get involved. How do we stand prayerfully and peacefully? Peacefully. I think that's such the gift about this particular campaign, and it really reflects the teachings of the Catholic Church in our respect for life. I think some people misunderstand what the Catholic Church teaches about life issues, mm-hmm. and, and maybe that's a great way for us to open up as we look at these different campaigns, these ways we can live out our faith. Um, but the church teaches this respect and dignity of all of all human life. Right. You know, and and that that's an important thing is that concern for life. I mean, the, the church has seven tenets, seven principles of Catholic social teaching, and they're all important. But uh, the issue of the defense of life and the dignity of human life and the dignity of the human person, which is one of those seven principles of Catholic social teaching, is a preeminent issue. The uh, U.S. bishops have identified the life issue, the abortion issue in particular, as the preeminent issue facing us uh, in, in, in the culture today. And again, this is, you know, I I tell you something, people are so wrapped up in their politics these days that they can't hear straight. (laughs) I have to put it that way. 
in saying that the life issue is a preeminent issue and the abortion issue is the preeminent issue for the bishops to work on and, and try to advocate for in defense of, doesn't say that the other issues that, that are facing us in the culture today are not important mm-hmm. or we shouldn't be working on those too. But in terms of where, where our, our priority should be, it's at the most fundamental issue, and that is the issue of life. You know, the church believes and teaches. You know, it's, it's interesting because now we have really this. The church has always taught that life, a, a new human being comes into existence at the moment of conception. From the moment of conception, we have a new human being. The church has always taught that. Now we have the science to back that mm-hmm. up. You know, long before the, uh, we had, you know, all the the uh, uh, ultrasound sorts of things we have, and the and the knowledge of 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 how conception takes place, and you know, uh, long before we had all this science and scientific knowledge, you know, the church believed this. But now we have the evidence of it, even scientifically, and I think that's really quite honestly what has changed the hearts of many. Uh, who perhaps before didn't quite understand the importance of the life issue and the abortion issue and maybe didn't believe or believed maybe up to a certain point abortion was okay. Uh, But now science tells us Mm -hmm. that what the church has always taught is in fact scientifically shown to be proven to be true because at the moment of conception, when egg and sperm come together, there is a new, unique member of the human race that has come to be that will never be like any other a completely unique you know the whole uh you know dna makeup uh the the chromosomes all of that this is this is a unique human life that will never be repeated it's it's this unique individual it's a unique uh, new human life that is now a member of the human race and Science tells us that. That's Mm -hmm. not theology. Mm -hmm. That's not moral theology. That's not philosophy. That's science. That in the moment of conception, there is a new human being. And that human being deserves protection Mm -hmm. and has the right to live just like any other human being. Listen, every single one of us began like that. Mm -hmm. So why do we say, well, some we choose to allow to be and to grow in the womb and to be born, others we don't. What if that others that we don't had been you or me? Mm-hmm. You know, we all started this way, every human being, except Jesus. That's right. <laughs> started this mm-hmm. way. And, and if we, I, I don't, I, I'll be very honest with you. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't get what people don't see and don't understand about this. And I'm gonna get in trouble for this, but I'll let myself get in trouble for it. The President of the United States, who is a professed Catholic, recently, after this uh, decision in the the Texas uh, court uh, case, the new law in Texas prohibiting abortions beyond six weeks, uh, because that's typically when a, a heartbeat is detectable, made a public statement that he does not believe that life begins at conception. This is a Catholic president who's publicly saying he does not believe life begins at conception and, and, and decries this, this movement to, to protect uh, human life when there's a detectable heartbeat. So 
I don't, I just don't get that. I just don't understand it. But I don't understand what people don't see about the, the dignity of a new human life, a new human being that's beginning its life in this world the same way you and I and every other human being began. And how can we say to some, you can be, you can exist, but you can't because you're not wanted or you're an inconvenience or maybe even, you know, you're the, the, the product of, of something violent uh, like a rape or, or whatever it might be, incest, you know, all the, the typical extreme cases that we mm-hmm. might consider. But is it that innocent life's fault of how it came to be into the world? And do we, do we grant the dignity to the, the, to the embryo, to the fetus, to the unborn child? Do we, does that embryo, fetus, unborn child in the womb derive its dignity and worth and value from us because we decide this one has value, this one doesn't have value? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. Every one of those lives is equal in its dignity. We don't give that life its worth and its value because we decide to grant it value and, and worth because it's wanted. It's, it's intrinsic to the human life itself that God has allowed to be created that, that carries that. So let there be no mistake. Mm-hmm. And when we're, you know, we've got, uh, we've got now uh, in, in Oregon, we allow, I mean, uh, theoretically, we allow in law abortion up to the, up to the time of birth. Mm-hmm. We allow abortion in this country, and not just in this state, but in this country, uh, to, to a child in the womb who has a heartbeat, whose heartbeat is, 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 is there, who has brain waves, who has fingerprints, fingerprints. Mm-hmm. that will never be repeated feels pain. We allow that child to be dismembered and killed in the womb. I don't know why the barbaric nature of that ceases to shock us. I mean, when you step back and think about it, it's, it, to me it's horrific. I, that's why I feel so passionately and so strongly about this. So we must defend life. And that's mm-hmm. why I really applaud the folks with 40 Days for Life because they're willing to go on the street, yeah. stand in front of a place where these unborn lives are being taken and pray peacefully, beautifully, lovingly for the defense of life and for the mothers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's, are we going to be able to understand this craziness? I don't think so. But we can bring the peace of Christ to a world that is turned upside down. Yeah. This world is turned upside down, particularly on the life issue. And yet when I see people of all different ages, all different backgrounds, mothers and fathers, out peacefully praying in front of a place where murder is taking place, mm-hmm. it has to show the community something's going on here. What's happening here? And I think what I what I think the Forty Days for Life campaign has done is to shake up the country. And mm-hmm. this is this has touched all different parts of the the globe of bringing people's awareness of what abortion truly is. The church has always had the teaching, but we have to live out mm-hmm. the teaching and then share that peacefully. 
to care for the mother, the father, and the child. They're all sacred. Right, and I think that, yeah, and you, you point out, you know, that these sorts of programs and activities like the 40 Days for Life, you know, I've participated in, mm-hmm. and, and helped kick these things off. And I, when they were praying at the Lovejoy uh, Clinic before, the Planned Parenthood Clinic before it closed, you know, I used to sometimes, uh, Google Maps would bring me that way to come into work in the morning from my home, and I'd drive right past that corner where they would be, and I would always roll down my window and give them a thumbs up and a blessing and a, a rah-rah. But not everybody who, who mm-hmm. goes through that intersection was giving them the thumbs right. up and a blessing and a rah-rah. They were receiving hateful mm-hmm. things that people were screaming at them from their cars or certain hand gestures, shall we say. Yet those people are willing to stand there with love, with peace, with a smile on their face, not chanting, not you know making a fuss, not waving signs in people's faces, but praying, just simply praying for an end to abortion and for the women. Mm-hmm. And this is important, you know, because the church sometimes gets accused of, well, all you care about is the unborn child. What about after the child after it's born? So here we go again with Catholic social teaching. You know, it's like if you're, if you're anti-abortion, if you're pro-life, even some is within the church, people will say, well, you, you pro-life people, all you care about is, you know, saving the baby in the womb, but once the kid's born, you don't care about them. You don't care about health care. You don't care about education. You don't care about poverty. You don't care about racism. That's simply not true. <laughs> That's a lie. It's a, it's a, it's a straw man. We should, be, we should embrace all of life and human dignity. So we should be concerned about victims of racism. We should be concerned about, uh, you know, affordable and, and adequate health care for, for everybody. We should be concerned about educational opportunities for people. We should be concerned about economic injustice. We should be concerned about all of these things. But all of these rights, the right to, to mm-hmm. adequate health care, the right to an education, the right to be uh, not discriminated against, they all rest on one fundamental right, and that is the right to exist, the right to life. You know, I, I, I said in my homily a couple of weeks ago uh, when we had the readings and Forty Life folks were there and we kicked off, you know, you can't talk about affordable, adequate health care provided for children that aren't allowed to be born. Mm-hmm. You can't talk about the right to an education, to a, to a, to a child who is never going to see the light of day. You can't talk about a right to be free from discrimination and victim of racism to, to the child who's, who's, who's take, whose life is taken in the womb. Those, those rights don't apply to them because their fundamental right has been violated. The right to exist, the right to be, the right to, to, to live. But we should be concerned. Yeah, so that's one thing we hear. The other thing we hear is sometimes, well, you don't care. What about the woman? You know, you, uh, all you want her is not to have the abortion, but do, what do you do to, to love her, support her? Well, that's... That's, that's where we have to also be very concerned. We have to be concerned about the woman who's in a crisis pregnancy and who's scared, who's doubtful, who's, who's, who's full, filled with fear and, and doesn't know where to turn, thinks this is the only option, the only way out. Uh, and we know, we know the devastating psychological and emotional and even physical effects that, that abortion has on women. And those on the other side, 
those that are the pro-abortion lobby and Planned Parenthood and everything else, they want to completely deny that there's any harmful effects of abortion on a woman. You know, it's just like, you know, going and having your appendix out. It's just tissue. No. The evidence is so strongly there Mm -hmm. about the psychological, emotional, and even physical harm that is done to women in abortion. So we need to love them and care for them. But when they feel like they have nowhere else to turn, we need to be there to support them and to love them and to show them that there's another way, the way of life. And we should be there to support them in, in any way that we can, through whatever counseling, therapy, through financial support, through, uh, you know, if we could find ways to, to you know, I used to, uh, you know, to, to have a home to live in. I used to volunteer when I was studying in Rome. Uh, I used to volunteer with the Missionaries of Charity, uh, St. Uh, Teresa, Mother of Teresa's uh, group. And I used to get, get on the earliest bus out of Rome every morning. It was tough. Uh, not every morning, every Monday morning. To go out to a, a place in Prima Valle, outside of Rome, the city, where the Missionaries of Charity ran a house uh, for unwed mothers where they would take these women in and see them through and support them through their pregnancy and bring the child into the world. We need to be there for these women. Mm -hmm. We can't just say no to the abortion. We have to say yes to these women and doing whatever we can to help them and support them. And, you know, uh, even the, the option of adoption. You know, there's so many couples out there that would love to have children and can't. Uh, you know, physically, biologically, and you know, they they could be the ones to take in some of these children. Some of these women, you know, choose to keep the children mm-hmm. themselves. Some of these women are married, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe have other children. Uh, but this is you know a, a bad time for whatever reason. So yeah, we need to be there to really show our love. And we, in other words, and I think I think we as a as a church, as a Christian people, as people who just care about the life issue. We need to step up our game here a little bit, I think, maybe a lot, uh, in, in, in making sure that if a woman chooses life for her unborn child, she'll have every, she'll, she'll, be, she'll be just surrounded and enveloped in love and support to help her through that time. And sometimes the men, too, the fathers, mm-hmm. too, of these children. We can't forget them. Right. They also can become victims in this whole uh, abortion uh, business. And I think, Archbishop, as you're talking about all the different um, ways in which we reach the mother and the child and the father, I think of all the services that in our local community, I think about the maternity homes, the Father Taft maternity homes, all the different outpourings of ways, adoption services that we make available, and the mother and child education center. There's so many, and yet we need more. But what I do see is at 40 Days for Life, that one-on-one connection with a mom. And I see our volunteers. They have baby showers. They find resources. They look for how to help that mom. Does she need a job? Does she need a place to stay? They invest in the person. It's a person-to-person relationship, just as we are with Christ, that it should be a personal relationship. And I think the life issue forces us to recognize the dignity of the person in front of me. That it's not just numbers on a screen of how many millions of abortions have happened. Mm-hmm. That's a person like your sister, like your brother, like my mother. Yeah. And and that I see our volunteers and volunteers around the country, it's a personal issue. I'm gonna look at that next woman that comes to the clinic mm-hmm. and I'm gonna treat her with respect and dignity. Maybe that's how we win the war. 
is with that personal well, touch. You know, we win the war with love. Yeah. You know, love is is the is the weapon against the enemy. And I, I believe that, you know, the whole abortion, um, the rise of, of the acceptability of abortion, the culture is the work of the enemy. It's mm-hmm. the work of, of, of Satan, the enemy of life. You know, and, and I always, I always, I had a reflection on this that, you know, uh, what what is one of the things that Satan hates the most, despises the most, drives him nuts? It was the incarnation, mm-hmm. that the eternal Son of God, the Word made flesh, would 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 empty himself and come and take flesh in the womb of the Virgin Mary by the power of the Holy Spirit, and would become truly human, and that one day. Lucifer would have to bow down and worship before the Son of God in a human uh, body, you know, united to a, to a human nature, a nature far below himself. Mm-hmm. And in his pride, he could not do that. He could not ever envision himself worshiping the Son of God united to a human nature. Uh, his pride would not allow him. And so he rebelled against God's plan when it was revealed to him. This is how theology explains the fall of the angels. Well, then, if if the incarnation is what did the devil in, so to speak, Lucifer in, then he, he, that's why he's, 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 he's promoted and, and, and prompted in our time this darkness of attacking life in the womb. I think that's why... He goes and you know and, and stirs up this whole uh, acceptance of abortion and blinds us to to the horror of it uh, because it's it's an attack on life in the womb and 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 the Son of God chose that path. You know that you're, you're talking about the individual women that come you know and that we're able to minister to in various ways and through the forty days for life. I don't know how many, I, I haven't seen the statistic recently. I don't know if you have it off the top of your head in terms of how many babies. Uh, it's estimated that 40 Days for Life throughout its throughout the country has managed to save uh, over the years, but uh, it's almost 20,000 since they started yeah. in terms of babies' lives. So that's what they know. That's, yeah, that's, that's what a they mom know. coming yeah, back right. and saying thank you. Right. And how many more thousands of babies you know, have we, been born because of that? Yeah, and, and that's the point. You okay, know? that's think of and, and this is what I want people to really think yeah. about. Okay, now there's this child. There's a child here, and that child grows and becomes a youth, you know, and becomes a young adult and becomes an adult and becomes an old person. That human being who now walks this earth, that child that now lives and breathes the air and, and, and is able to bask in the light of the sun, that child could just as easily, easily been extinguished and never have been. And, you know, when, when I'm sure when the mother of that child, or maybe it's adoptive parent, uh, looks at that child. Well, let's t- take the mother who keeps the child and raises the child. When that mother looks into that child's face, into that child's eyes, when that mother receives love from that child, uh, wow, what a great gift that must be to that mother. But, you know, to think that that I, I could have prevented this this child from ever being, from ever walking. So I, that, that's why I think that we have to keep, we can't lose sight of that profound dignity of each individual unique human life that comes into the womb. 
that each one is precious. Each one is special. I mean, um, I, I love one of the expressions of the pro-life movement, you know, choose life. Your mother did. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I think that any one of us, therefore the grace of God go I, especially in this culture. I serve on the U.S. Bishops Committee for Pro-Life Activities and have served for a couple of years now on, on that under Archbishop Nauman, I'm the chair. And I can tell you the bishops of the United States are laser focused mm-hmm. on, on the life issue, fighting every day uh, to, to defend the dignity of, of every human life. But I tell you, a lot of the activity of the U.S. Bishops Committee on Pro-Life Activities is directed toward the mothers, toward the women, and you know, we have wonderful programs uh, to reach out to and to support the women, the mothers uh, who choose life uh, when faced with this very terrible and difficult uh, situation. And the, and the last thing I want to say on this issue is is uh, a word about and maybe to those mothers who have made that choice to to have an abortion. And I know, I know the pain. I've heard the pain uh, of women who have had an abortion and who carry that burden with them uh, for much of their lives. And uh, I've I've had some powerful moments in, in the sacrament of penance and, and confession with some of these good women. What I want those women to hear and what we need to say to those women is, you know. God is love. God loves you. God is merciful. God wants to heal you. You're carrying a wound, and he wants to heal that wound. He loves you. He, he, he's not disgusted with you. He has not rejected you. He loves you. He wants your healing. He wants your peace. He wants your reconciliation. He wants you to know his love and his mercy. And so we need to send that message all the time to women who, who have made the choice to have an abortion to know that there is healing, there is peace, there is hope, uh, and and there can be joy. Absolutely. I think about Mary and Elizabeth, so we ask for their intercession in all women who are pregnant and to keep them safe and holy. Would you help us close with this time in a blessing? May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families, your loved ones, and a special way to those lives in the womb that the Lord keep them safe and healthy and bring them into this world. Amen. Amen. And thank you all for listening to The Voice of the Shepherd on Mater Dei Radio. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. And until our next encounter, may you have a blessed week. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you.